the NBA season is over. But Combo's court continues. Can't stop, won't stop. Combo Nation, what is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. You know the vibes. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode. Today's show, Pierre of Through the Wire joins in to talk about who could get drafted at number four by the Kings. Christian Wood to the Mavs, draft sleepers, and more. A fantastic conversation with Pierre. You know you can find Pierre on the Through the Wire podcast and Pee Wee the Plug on Twitter. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. I didn't look at those days, but it's perfect right now. Is it hoodie? Can I wear a hoodie? Too hot. Okay. That's how it is here. Too hot. Yeah. Like when we're inside, we could wear like outside, you'll sweat right through it. Like I'm sweating through shirts. I'm sweating through tees. Oh, damn. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's exactly how it is here. I'm wearing a hoodie now because it's so cold inside, but outside. Hot like that? Bro, it's like 98 to 100. What the last two days in Chicago? Last wait, what's today? Thursday, last three days was 98 to 100. That's, that's too high. 70 to 80 is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, why I was yeah. like, I see you wearing a hoodie, so I was like, What's the, what's going yeah. on? Right there? Combo's, combo's court a little cooler than outside, you know. Okay, yeah, as it should be, as it should be, man. <laughs> P, welcome back to the show. You know, we've been doing this a long time, P. We've been putting in work for years, I realized, right? It got to be like two, three years. I was gonna say, Is it two or three? That's crazy. Like, it feels like yesterday was like the first time I had you on the pod, but it might have been. I don't even remember. What was the first conversation we had? Like, what was the first topic? Who oh, no. I got to look back. I got I to gotta search Pierre Combo's Court and see what pops up. That's crazy. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I think you actually kind of interviewed me. Like, how did the podcast start? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was definitely some of that in there. I think we touched some topics as well, but definitely some of that is where it, it's great to see the progression of your pod, man. It's awesome. Oh man, I appreciate it. But uh, we've also got like a, you have your combos court community. I obviously have the through the wire and the peewee stuff. But then together we have like a Pierre and combo, combo and Pierre's community where people we know, personal people like Manny. Like I know Manny now because of you, Zach. Yeah, Manny, Zach. Zach even yeah. even maybe Max, right? Or you know yeah, Max, Max already? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we got yeah. like our own little circle of people who all do what we do. And it's been dope to have those relationships and see everybody's growth. Cause Max is doing his thing, man. Uh, and Manny is still Manny. Just the other day, he commented on my picture uh, saying something about Lonzo ball. And stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, Lonzo's great. And Manny could just point to the injuries now. That's yeah, what he's going to do. Lonzo is definitely a hooper, but no, yeah, the growth has been amazing. We got our people on Twitter, um, you know, who, who always want to see Friday night lights. Every yes. other phone call I have with my dad, he's asking if we still do what we do. How does he 
he he's trying to learn how to join the spaces because all he knew was the ig lives so because we don't do ig live now he's like a dinosaur he don't know how to work the spaces we're definitely going to get back to friday night lights that's a great point you make because like i had d mills on the pod mm -hmm. there's like well, I know Mike Heard, not the Mike Heard on the pod, but the other Mike right. Heard, your yeah. dad, EJ. You're right, yeah. man. Like, I've met so many people through you. Like, I never really thought about it, but I definitely have. That's a great way to look at things. Yeah, we, we've been we've been connecting and swapping the contacts and just growing as we yeah. go. It's yeah, most, most definitely. We got to get back to Friday Lights. Too. I think we missed a couple weeks, but. We got to do Friday Night Lights, yeah. and we have to do one of these in person. Oh, 100%. In the same room. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's coming. We always just miss each other. Just miss each other. And, you know, yeah. the thing about the New York trips for me now, um, post-pandemic, is, like, when we do stuff at the office, it's you have to, like, everybody's, like, renting that. The office isn't as open as it once was before the pandemic. So the the, the travel times are a lot shorter because it's precise. It's like, okay, we got you guys here from this block and block, and it's gone. In the past, we might be in New York for four or five days, and it's just, like, just, just chilling. But now it's kind of, like, cut and chopped and... So, yeah, my time, I'll be in and out, as you can see. But we definitely got to do that. That's still priority number one. Most definitely. Most definitely. Draft. I mean, I feel like we know who's going to go one, two, and three. Maybe not in what order. I guess I have an order that I think may happen. You have an order that you may think happen. But to me, the most interesting thing in this draft, sorry, P, it's not any second round topics. That's the most interesting. I know you love the second round and the undrafted guys, <laughs> but the most interesting thing to me in this draft is who the Sacramento Kings take at four. I tweeted this yesterday. I think you replied to it, but it's really intriguing. I do think they go with the mystique of Shaden Sharp, but I'm definitely not mad. If you go with Ivy, who I believe is best available, where do you land on it? This is why I love talking to you and why we work so good together is because I think we think the same exact thing, except we may, we may, we, it's either two options. We think the same thing, number one. And then after that, the two variables is we think exactly alike or we think exactly opposite. 100%. And, <laughs> but um, I think exactly like you. I would not be mad at any of the three because I think the three is Keegan, sharp and then ivy we all think is the the uh biggest upside potential guy um i'm like you i'm kind of in the middle i would not be mad at, at shade and sharp at all because if you're the kings i feel like you don't really have much to lose take the mystique see what he can do king and murray seems too dull for them i don't i don't think that that's the direction that they want to take and Jaden ivy seems like two uh two kings-esque and after trading halliburton I think you probably take steps back taking Ivy. It would make no sense to do why that. If you I, him. I, I don't want to harp on the past, but why do that anyway? Man, now imagine if it was flipped and it was Fox that they traded, and now we're talking about taking Halliburton, having Halliburton, taking Ivy. That backcourt is a lot more intriguing, if you ask me. But, um, man, I think that's the million-dollar question combo. Every day I wake up and it's a rumor about them trying to trade the fourth pick for Jeremy Grant, John mm -hmm. Collins. I'm like, what are we mm -hmm. talking about? No. Um, I like these options. I really like Shaden Sharp. Um, I know he's a mis mysterious mystique guy for some others that are kind of like um, casuals, but for us that are a little bit in tune, there's things to like about Shaden Sharp. And I, I just, for me, I just think it's tough to take Jaden Ivey after trading Halliburton because you didn't want to conflict with Fox. And as much as I like Ivey's ability, his improved ability to shoot off the ball, 
he's still at his best when he has the basketball and it's you want him to have the ball in his hands. He's not like a Clay Thompson who just specifically thrives without the basketball. So it's 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 weird, man. It's weird. With Jaden Ivey, like I really like him. Just what bothered me about him, and it wasn't his fault, was the John Moran comparisons. Oh yeah. Because like John Moran in college, crazy IQ, crazy passing ability. That it factor that like you see in MVP level players. And I just thought that was unfair to Jaden. I'm really high on him and he's clearly like the number four to get guy to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think he's a point guard at all. I think anybody who tries to mold him into a point guard is going to be a project. You now have a project player. And I think that's the number one difference for me. Like you said, the IQ in the past and always jumped off um, on, on the tape for John Morant. It's not the case for Ivy. The athleticism. Yeah. I think he's more closer to a Donovan Mitchell than um, John Morant because the explosive, the explosive uh, athlete athleticism and then the scoring ability to score in bunches is more like Donovan. I don't like undersized twos. You know what I mean? I don't like the six, four, six, three, yeah. two guards who aren't playmakers. So that's what I don't like about him. But I definitely see the upside in the right situation. I'm hoping that he's able to go home to Indiana because I like him and Tyrese Halliburton, Halliburton being a bigger guard willing playmaker being able to play off the ball so at different times him and ivy could exist in a more uh more better fit yeah i like ivy actually in detroit i don't think it'll same thing same thing actually i do think it will happen because i think Cade is the type of guy you could like have any kind of player next to him but specifically a guy with that kind of elite burst compliments Mm -hmm. Cade so well because he's elite in everything else maybe besides that burst yeah, I, so, yeah, I like those two fits better with the bigger point guards, Halliburton, Cade. Um, Detroit is really – they have a nice, quiet rebuild going on, if we're being honest. But, yeah, man, so you got them taking Shade and Sharp. Like, if your mock came out fourth, is Shade and Sharp? Yeah, so, I mean, I have, like, my best five available, and then I also have who I think is going to go where. Like, to me, it's Chet, Jabari. I mean, I know people could debate those two, what's going to happen. Paulo, I think it's destiny to go to Houston. Um that's what King, it yeah. yeah. Kings, I think they go with the mystique of Shaded Sharp and Detroit. Not only do I like it, I think it'll happen because I think I edge Shaden going number four. Um, if I'm looking at it through their lens, that's not exactly my best available. I actually got higher on Paulo lately, and now he's not my number two. He's probably number my number three, maybe a few days back. But I'm really liking Paulo, what I'm seeing from him lately. It's funny how things jump now. Like people aren't even really playing real basketball games, but just like Paulo's the position he plays is so coveted, right? If it all works out and I'm not as low, like I was concerned about the defense, but he's like six ten, he's strong with his defense. Are you that concerned by it? Because he seems like he has decent tools. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I'm not worried about his defense at all because uh, number one, I, I think the offense carries him. Number yeah. one, I think number two, like you said, the tools and there's been times um, even throughout his high school career, when when he's engaged, it's there. And youthful players, that's just what it really is. It's about engagement, what they're focused on, and what they're um, what they're being told to do. You know, so in the NBA, like somebody pointed out, and I wish I knew it was who who it is, so I could give them the credit. They took Paulo's um, scouting report and they took Jason Tatum's, and it was almost identical. About has tools defensively, sometimes isn't locked in there. Some, and then they said, look at now, now look at what Jason Tatum is now, because he always had the size and the tools. Yes. Yeah. And it was about like a guy who could score, 
Um, you know, it's crazy. Have... Two things. Two things. Paulo's body is more ready than Tatum's, and he's a way better passer at that age. Mm. But Tatum's passing has. Oh yes, yes, yes. We got to yes. give him credit. We got to give him credit. We turnovers. Him... I'm the turnover police. Turnovers have been wild, but the passing has definitely taken the steps. But yeah, uh, I think Paulo has the tools, and I think a lot of these guys at this age in this this time when we're talking about one and done players. A lot of them have the tools. I think it's the organization, the coaching, and the um, the staff to put them in a position to bring that out. And that's why I like the Pistons, because Dwayne Casey has a history of making the guys defend. So a guy like Jaden Ivey, like you're projecting, if he goes to Detroit, out of the gate, he's with a defensive-minded coach who can build and instill yeah. good habits in him um, with that offensive upside. My question to you, we're both saying what we think. If you were the GM of the Kings, what would you do at four? Oh, man. A, oh <laughs> that's a tough one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Ivy, bro. I'm going to go Ivy? I'm going to go Ivy. It's real close, though. Yeah. It's real close. I'm not mad at it it's, because it's I, I, when it's close, you go best available, in my opinion. You know? Yeah. And if and all I, fails, you trade Fox and you just be with Ivy. That's <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is true. That is true. I wanted to shift to um, draft sleepers. You know, Eric Sanchez of the Sanchez Show asked me this yesterday. One, you'll be mad at me because you don't like first round guys as sleepers. One, you'll like probably. I'm okay with first round guys. The, what I don't like is when somebody's sleeper is the same as 37 other guys. Well, so it, like, might, it might be. I'm not really. I only pay. And I think I've seen this. So I know. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, Jovich. People are sleeping yes. on Jovich. I mean, is that thirty-seven guys saying that? Is is that no? Happening? I think the two popular ones is the Jalen Williams guy from Santa Clara, okay, okay. and Dalen Terry from Arizona. I keep hearing those two guys, and it's like okay. when everybody's saying like Bones. I was early though. Everybody was saying it. You were, yeah. But yeah, did yeah, you yeah. see last year? He was everybody's sleeper, which then it's like he's not every he's not a sleeper if we're all saying bones. Then and, and it made my content stale. Like, oh, now everybody's saying it. Everybody's again. saying bones. Yeah. But uh, Jovich, I like him. I like him. That's a that's a good one. So I mean, like, what's his range? He could be a first round. He should be a first rounder. Oh, he should definitely be a first. Let me ask you this: Why should I believe that Josh Giddy's going to be a way better player than Jovich? I, that and that's what I saw you say. So you think about it now. Now, Josh Giddy is a special, special passer, right? Like mm-hmm. high level, like better than Jovich. But Jovich, that's He's the first the thing. Shooter. 100%. I'm going to get to that. Jovich is a great passer. Like that's the first thing that pops off the screen. The creating, the creation as a shooter, like he shows flashes of some real stuff, like getting his own shot off that. Giddy's not even close to, like that's a weakness. Mm-hmm. He's more athletic than Giddy as by well. Far, by far. Not even close. At times a hundred. If the shooting is times ten, the athleticism is time a hundred. The finishing is better because of the athleticism. Yeah, Giddy has some nice floaters and stuff, but I don't think he can finish through content contact like uh Jovich. And uh I'd say one thing that maybe Giddy has over Jovich is he's a little bit bigger, right? He's a little bit stronger. Like Jovich looks a little bit more like a kid. A but bit. Jovich is taller. Jovich is taller. So yeah. why wh- why should we say that Giddy is gonna be better than Jovich, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, the one thing that Giddy does well is super special, but I'd say, like, all around, Jovich could be better. The one, my main concern with Jovich is the uh, defensive side of the basketball. Number one. So, uh, one thing on that the athleticism, doesn't that give you a higher ceiling as an athlete? Like, when you, ho- you hope, 
You hope yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my second thing is his range. Mm. And the reason I'm saying his range as far as the draft circle is like, I think when you're a top 10 pick like Giddy was, or even a top seven pick, top six, just to be as specific on Giddy, the team that takes you, they have an emphasis, they, they're emphasizing the urgency of putting you in a position to succeed. So, like from the get go, Giddy was, did he start from the, did he, was he a starter for them from the stretch? Like from the beginning of the season, he started. From OKC? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, yeah, he was a start. Yeah. My concern is Jovic may not go to a team that's going to prioritize putting him in the position so it could hinder him. But oh. everything you're saying, talent wise, thousand percent. I'm just hoping a guy like him goes to a team that's going to be able to like prioritize and utilize him. I it's so many teams in, in his range, because I keep seeing him like uh 20s and in, in, in the 20s, like 20, 22nd. It's yeah. like, so if he goes to Denver, can they really put him in an immediate situation where he doesn't get lost in the shuffle? Because like, like Bo Bo, right? Like Bo Bo. I think he could, I think he's a much trans. Right. But he could get, lo- he, he get lost in the sauce, possibly. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he goes to the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd I would like nice. that a lot. They have a need for him. They they've have experience with the overseas talent, um, but I definitely don't want. I, I I feel this way about a lot of prospects, man, because it's so. I, I did a draft video or something, and somebody in the comments was like, "Man, P, you like you're saying positive things about everybody. You like everybody in the draft." And I'm like, "Yeah, they all have uh, pros and cons. The, what you know what I mean? But like they, they're in the draft. <laughs> sometimes the cons don't make sense. You want to know why? Because a lot of times." If you're not John Wall level speed, they say you're slow footed. Like I heard, I heard somebody say that Dyson Daniels was slow footed. He's not slow footed. Yeah, he's not. He's just not John Wall speed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, did you watch it? Do you first of all, nobody jumps like that. And is slow footed usually. Did you see that's, like the way the way he pops off the floor? <laughs> by the way, that's my favorite prospect in the entire draft. Great, and you're gonna hate you're gonna hate my other sleepers because they're gonna all be first round guys. But like the whole G League Ignite were sleepers to me. Like I felt John like Bochamp, all of them. Yeah, all of them, all of them. Uh, sorry, Jaden J- J- Hardy. You mean? I yes, Jaden Hardy, bro. I'm seeing mocks where Jaden Jaden Hardy is in the twenties. Are we being serious? Yo, that's crazy. Are we being serious? <laughs> His skill set as a scorer is elite, like three level, get in the lane, all kinds of finishes, start, stop, better playmaker than he's getting credit for. Way better. And it will go up in NBA because the G League Ignite team did not have the proper spacing and weapons like an NBA roster would have as far as like Amir Johnson is their center. He's not really a lob threat. So it was like put in with a lot. Like I was even thinking like <laughs> – it won't happen. It's not going to happen in a million years. But my Knicks with the 11th pick, I'm like, man, if the guys I really like are off the board, I, I, what? I, how mad, you know, how how realistic would it be if they just took a chance on Hardy? Because, you know, like he's very dynamic. It won't happen. But it's like I, I think he is damn near becoming a sleeper just because of where I see him in the mocks. Um, but no, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's crazy. That's a great segue. Nick's at 11. So would it be Hardy if he's available at 11? Because <laughs> I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think for me in a perfect world, 
in an unrealistic perfect world Dyson Daniels is who we take but he won't be there um you know I'm, I'm looking at Malachi Branham from the Ohio State Buckeyes I really like his game a lot super dynamic guy uh, I'm seeing a lot of Jalen Duran talk because Mitch Robinson contractual thing is in the air I like Jalen Duran too he's a grown man at 18 yeah and I think um in the NBA setting there's probably more that he can do but I think those are realistic options. Oh, also Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. Tough Taco Bell commercial, too. Tough. Yes, yes. Tough. It's so crazy. <laughs> so my thing about being at 11, though, is somebody has to fall. There's all these prospects. Johnny Davis, Benedict Matherin, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, Jalen Duran. Somebody's going to be there at 11. You know, I haven't put too much thought into Johnny Davis at the Knicks, even though I knew he'd be available at that point. But I think... His style of play, even though you think of him as a scorer, kind of fits a Tibbs type player because he embodies toughness. Yes. You know, and, and as much as I love Cam Reddish, we know he didn't embody a Tibbs type player, but I feel for like sure. Johnny Davis does. Yeah. One of my comparisons for Johnny Davis is not the sexy one um, because a lot of people look at him and say, oh, Devin Booker, because they're both light skinned, both wear number one, both, they have some similarities. I, I do think he's a Thibs player. I think he has some Jimmy Butler in him because he's the he plays in the mid-range. He's tough. He guards defensively. He posts guards up. Um, I think there's some some similarities with him and Jimmy Butler. I don't want to make it the the comparison to a T, but I definitely think he's cut from that, that Thibodeau uh, cloth. Yeah, one name you didn't mention, and I think I understand why you didn't mention him. My guy, Mr. Fomer Simpson, wants him for the Knicks. My guy, Eric Sanchez, wants him for the Knicks. I don't think he'll be there. Ben Matherin. Oh, I didn't. I did mention Benedict oh, you did. Oh, you did? Yeah, I mentioned him in the stretch of somebody being half in the fall. Benedict Matherin, Shaden Sharp, Johnny Davis. and Got you. I, did, I, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. But I don't think he'll be available. And actually, going, I don't back, think so going back to who my top five are, not who I think are is going to get drafted. Like, he's number five, Ben Matherin. Ben like Matthews to me, to me, it's Chet, Paulo, Jabari, Ivy, Matherin. And I think mm. that's how it will look when we look back two years at a mock draft. We'll see what develops. But where do you think Ben, baby combos in the building? I don't know how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what do you feel about that? Like, and where do you think Ben could land? Oh, I think Ben could land. Baby combo, what's up, man? Um. This is a good one. Uh, I like Benedict a lot because he he has a high ceiling and a high floor. And I think those type of prospects always succeed at some type of level. I think where he goes depends on the shape of the, like, if Ivy goes fourth. Yes. Shaden Sharp now has to go fifth. I think the Pistons take him. Right. So now I think Benedict Matherin goes to the Pacers. But okay. now let's say the Kings take Keegan Murray. Let's say the Pistons take Ivy or Sharp. Now the Pacers could take someone else and Benedict could go to Portland. I think I like if Portland were to keep their pick, he may be my number one on their on their board because he can come in and I think could play with Dame and Anthony Simons from the get-go. And he would be able to complement them as an off-ball score, transition, and defensively. Um, yeah, so I it's a lot of different options. 
the worst case scenario for the NBA is for him to fall eighth to the Pelicans. Don't let that happen. <laughs> Don't let that happen. Benedict Matherin, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingham, Herb Jones, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Devontae Graham. Don't let him fall to Pelicans. All right, so let's shift to some news we actually got today. Sham Sharania. The Houston Rockets are finalizing a deal to trade Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks. Sources tell the Athletic and Stadium. He, he, you know, it's always a boss move to uh, quote, t- quote tweet your own tweet. You know what I mean? That's what he yeah, did here. Sure. <laughs> Sources, the Mavericks are sending Boban Marjanovic, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, and the number 26 pick to the Rockets for Christian Wood. What are your thoughts, P? What a move by the Dallas Mavericks. Um you give up four guys who don't play. They're not even in your rotation. And a 26 pick that you probably didn't value as much as the Rockets will. And you get back a starter who on any given night can play as good as your number one option. He can lead the team in scoring. He's going to compliment your best player in Luka. Um, and he's still you – get, you get him without giving up any rotation piece. And I think that's important because now you put yourself in a position to do something else – and put some size in the front court because Christian Wood isn't a backline defender. He he isn't the anchor of your defense. So you either use like a mid-level exception. Hypothetically, let's say Jalen Brunson. I don't think this happens, but if he wanted to go to the Knicks, you sign and trade him. Maybe you get Mitchell Robinson and he's your center. Um, maybe you put a package together and get Rudy because you still have Spencer. You still have Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Book, Dwight Powell. Like they didn't even give up Dwight Powell. They have still um, some guys that have the salary to potentially make another move to get them someone who could just anchor the defense. They don't need an all-star being anything like that. So I like it on the flip side. I'm really starting to think picks are overrated because the Rockets had four last year. They had Jalen green, Shingoon, Josh Christopher, and uh, Garuba mm-hmm. four picks last year, first round picks. Now you have the third, you have the 17th and now you have the 26th. Between just last year's draft and this draft, that's already seven bodies. Plus, you have Kevin Porter Jr., Kenyon Martin Jr., a lot of juniors, um, Jay Sean Tate. So you have like 10 guys who are like 22 and younger. And now Kevin Porter Jr. is your vet. Kevin Porter Jr. is your vet. I don't I don't know. I I felt like he could have gotten you could have gotten more for Christian Wood. I don't think his value was four non-playing players and a 26th overall pick personally. Do you believe they could find that rim protection without giving up Jalen Brunson? Yeah, I think somebody out there in free agency uh, would would take their mid-level exception and and be a rim protector for sure. So to me, what makes the league so great is that there's so many guys, and I think it's even more like this in this era than any other era. Like if you put them in the right situation, they could probably sneak into an all-star game. Mm -hmm. And now I think the Mavs have three of those guys with Spencer, Jalen and now Christian Wood like those are highly talented guys that in good situations could play at an all-star level and Luke is still on his way up with his trajectory and his young age MVP hey he comes in shape next year in my opinion he's next year's MVP did you see that as well he was my MVP pick for this year yeah so (laughs) my predictions are usually a year late so (laughs) so yeah I'll, I'll still go with Luca for next year Luca next back. year, Anthony Edwards the year after, man. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, you did say that. I did think I saw you tweet that. Anthony, hey, if Anthony Edwards is the MVP the following year, man, the Timberwolves are a very, very successful team then. Because yeah. in order to win MVP, you got to be 
unless you're Russell Westbrook, he's usually like a top three seed. Yeah, and in the Western Conference, that means the Timberwolves will be really good. Yeah, I mean, the Mavs and Timberwolves are going to be tough. It's interesting also, do you feel like some of the younger teams that played really well this season, do you think there's a chance that some of them might fall off because of how the competitive the league is? Like with Atlanta and the Knicks, they were they look like they were on a great trajectory and they took a step back this season. I mean, Memphis is at a way higher level than those teams were. Um, but do you see that could happen every year now and just how competitive the NBA is? I definitely do. I definitely yeah. do. And I think that's why the, this time is so important, the offseason, the draft, because the trade deadline won't will no longer be how it used to, because so many teams around that time will still think they have a chance, especially now that we have a play in more teams are still trying to be competitive, where in the past, it's like, man, if I'm the 10th seed, we're 11 games out of it. Let's just fold our hand, our deck and let's try to trade at the deadline. But now if you're the 10th seed at the all star break. You're like, we have a chance to playoffs. We're a playing team. We're not going to make our, our team available, and we're going to actually be buyers at the trade deadline. So at the trade deadline in season, I think there's more buyers than sellers, and that gives it less wiggle room for teams to you know dramatically improve, and I think you have to take advantage of now in the offseason. So, um, but, yeah, uh, who could fall? The Grizzlies definitely could fall off because the Clippers are going to be back. Um, yep. Who else? Ma- Mavs, I mean, Mavs got better. I mean, there's yeah, a lot Mavs of reasons. Are better. The Pelicans of... will be better. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, let's end with this. I look at you as somebody who's very forward thinking, but you also have like an old school mentality at times. So this mm-hmm. is an interesting question for you. Should the NBA shorten its season? No, no, you can't do that just because of um, – I'm okay with expanding and doing different things, but the season is not that overbearing. 82 games isn't bad. You already have guys, uh, what's it called? When guys sit out. Load management? You already have load management. I don't think if you cut down a season, guys stop load management, let's be hey, honest. Man, that's crazy. So that means they'll keep the same amount of load management and play even less games. Maybe. Less games, right. <laughs> so what, what are we doing? Right. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't think the season is why guys get hurt, Combo. My dad told me this a summer ago because my brother is in this that, that world of like uh, teenage basketball. And my right. dad is like, guys are being ran down before they get to the NBA because you go to an AAU, like I'll go to EJ's AAU tournament. He has five games in three hours. And in between these games, they're eating Doritos. <laughs> I'm looking at some of his teammates. They're drinking brisk and, and Pepsi, eating pizza. It's just poor habits. So now when you get to the NBA, you didn't, you already have so much mileage. You're in the EYBL, you're in the Peach Jam, you're playing with your high school team, then you're playing with your AAU team. Now you're also getting runs in with the, with the college players over here. You might get a pro run if you are if you high level enough. It's a lot of basketball being played from a very early age. So we got to start, uh, we got to start making sure guys are getting the right habits on how to maintain their body if our youth is going to play so much basketball. Um, because, yeah, a lot of young talent is breaking down very early. Joel Embiid, his most injury pattern, you know, part of his career was when he first came. You know what I mean? Kawhi is not that old and, and doesn't have so much basketball uh, on his body. Then you see somebody like LeBron. <laughs> who was from the early 2000s and still is, is, is here. But a lot of our young guys who are constantly injured and have the injury prone attached to their name, 
they're they're youthful guys like uh, Anthony Davis. He's a very youthful guy. So yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. But I don't yeah. think it's the game. I don't think it's eighty-two games. And then when you change that, you now have to change, you know, the the value the of books. points per game, the record well, books, yeah, and yeah. you know, all of these things have to change. And it's just it doesn't have the same weight. And the older generation already is on on our case. The younger generation, we have we don't need any more of that. <laughs> Most you know? definitely. To your dad's point, I. They got to play one year in college usually, and that's not that much better. Like the amount of running you do in college, it makes no sense. I mean, I don't know if things changed up in the past 10 years, but like <laughs> they were not, they do not think about load management in college. Like it's an inordinate amount of running. From what I heard Jason Tatum tell a story on JJ Reddick's podcast, it has not changed. They had a full practice where I think Coach K just told that just run. <laughs> and that's just Coach run. K. Like, and Coach K and those. <laughs> Those blue chip programs are probably even more forward thinking than some of the lower level programs, right? That's so, true. Yeah. yeah, they're running like crazy. You're right. Super worn down. That was a great point by your dad. P, you're always welcome back on the I got show. a question for you. Let's get it. One name that I did not hear from you in an entire draft conversation we had, AJ Griffin. Thoughts? I think he should go in the seven to ten range. I think he could do more than what he showed at Duke because the situation he was in. The, the wide shooting base, like, I'm, like, a little intrigued by it. Like, does that does that, does that that cause injuries in the long run? I don't know. Like, it seems a little bit, like, tough it on It is weird, but it, it goes in. It goes in. Is that tough on your knees? I don't know. Maybe. But um, I think he could do more than what he showed at Duke, and I like his game. I think I'm around, like, with consensus. Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, how – it's not, like, how I know Ben Matherin. Like, I'm higher than consensus. And then, like, Jaden Ivey at one point because of the John Moran comparisons, I was probably a little bit lower, even though I have him for it. So – I think I'm pretty much right where, um, you know, where he is, but I don't have him in the top five. What are your thoughts on him? Same thing as yours. I'm just yeah. consistent with him. Uh, I see some people are extreme believers. I think I'm just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not anybody that's overly vouching for him, but if he fell on my team, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Um, one of my sleepers, I'm going to be real quick. Max Christie thoughts on him. Struggled a little bit at points in college, but he's a bucket getter. He's a shooter. He has heart. He'll go at anybody. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think he, for him to be the age. Well, and is, also, where is his range right now? Is it second round? Is it late first? It's like in first, late first. The highest I've seen him was the 30th pick and then second round. Yeah. Him being his age, having the skill set that he had, coming from the program he did. And I, the shooting didn't go as, as well as people projected, like myself. But once you have, once you become a reputation, like once your reputation is a shooter, I don't think percentages represent you. Like if JJ Reddick was shooting 31%, they didn't say, Hey, leave him. No, he's still going to be treated like JJ Reddick. Danny Green, uh, Craig yeah. Thompson, like you still, <laughs> they still provide gravity, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think you take that. He really blew me away with the defense. I, I really thought he was going to be a liability. He was not, he guarded, he, guarded guys like Johnny Davis and gave him problems. So I think you take that with the shooting and the offensive uh, upside, and he should be a first-round uh, lock at 19 years old. So I don't know. Um, the rest of my sleepers are guys that you probably don't even have watched because they're so – they're like second round to undrafted, so I'm not even going to name them. Um, All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll probably text them to you so you can get informed. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I it's combos court, so I got to hit you with one guy because he's been linked to the Knicks a little bit, probably because of where he played basketball this past college season. Ty Ty Washington. No, I'm okay. What are your thoughts on his game? 
Oh, I like his game. Don't like it enough for 11. Okay. But I think if he fell, hypothetically speaking, let's say, let's just say the Rockets drafted him at 17. It's a good pick for them. At 17, Ty Ty Washington's real nice. Or let's say the Timberwolves get him at 19 or somebody gets him at 22. I don't even know who's drafting 22. Maybe the Grizzlies. They don't need him. But hypothetically, if he fell, the later Ty Ty goes, the better I think of a pick it is. The higher he goes, the less I'm like, oh, I don't think Ty Ty is a top 12 pick in this draft with the talent that there is. But the later after that, I think I'm thinking, because I know he's not going 13th. The Hornets don't want him. 14th, the Cavs don't want him. 15th, the Hornets are back up. They don't want him. 16th is what the Hawks don't think they want him. So now we're talking late teens, 20s. Oh, man, that's a good pick for anybody who gets him then. But if we're talking about my Knicks at 11, oh, my gosh, that's an awful pick. Because there's still Jalen Duran possibly on the board. There's still Johnny Davis possibly on the board. A.J. Griffin, maybe Benedict Matherin in a perfect world. Him or Dyson. Somebody like that is going to be available. And if you're taking Ty Ty over them, then I don't like that pick. Yeah. You know where my brain went right now? I don't know why I went Ty Ty, good feel for the game. Then it went to Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson because Sharif <laughs> Cooper has good feel for the game. And I hope these guys get opportunity. And it kind of goes back to your point, uh, Nikola Jovic, like getting lost in the sauce if he were to go to Denver. Like, bro, these you know, honestly, Jalen Johnson would have been talked about a lot this year. Yes. Not opportunity. But we'll stop it right here. Yes. P, do the wire, Friday Night Lights. Where can we find you? Talk to us, man. Social media. You can find else. me on Combos Court. I'm hey. Yes. You can find me on Friday Night Lights with my boy Combo on Fridays when we have time because we both so busy, which you should be proud of. Yes. Um, also find me anywhere, you know, Pee Wee the Plug. If you type in Pee Wee the Plug and it's not me, it's a problem. I should be the first thing that always pops up on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Google, wherever. I'm somewhere talking basketball. I'm a basketball junkie. Real quick, are we going to be hearing some bars soon or – a lot of people asking. I hope so, but I'm I am seriously super busy. I'm still okay, trying okay. to figure out if I'm gonna be able to go to uh, summer league. <laughs> you oh, know what okay. I mean? Combo so, may or may not be in the building. We can yeah, talk about same. that later. <laughs> I have no idea yet, but uh, I've been doing a lot of. They got me doing a lot of streaming and traveling. New that's York good though. That, that's a good thing. That's no, good yeah, thing. super good thing, especially post pandemic. Um, but yeah, a lot of that type of stuff. I don't have as much of time that I used to have, so we'll see. Hey, talk soon. You're always welcome back on the show. Peace. There it is. Another episode of Combo's Court Podcast. Thank you to everyone who tunes in across the globe. Thanks to P for joining in. We appreciate you. Share this episode. Share with a friend. Share it on social media. Instagram, 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Share it on Twitter. You could tag me on Twitter at Combo's Court. Same name as the podcast. C-O-M-B-O-S. C-O-U-R-T. And you know the vibes. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Combo out.